These are the trauma healing learnings based on one mom's journal entries recorded in real time from a catastrophic event with her son that you've been listening to in the blink of an eye story. Trauma Healing Learning 13. Establishing Ties Life can change in the blink of an eye. Hello, everyone. Thank you for liking us and commenting on our new Instagram posts. Each week, we share bonus content and other expansions on trauma healing. I promised you in the last trauma healing learning that I would devote two episodes to ways to relieve pressure. Well, I want to focus today on some tactical strategies for when you feel great pressure in your life and a strategy that is particularly helpful when you're in the hospital or trauma intensive care unit. For me, and I imagine for many families faced with large medical decisions that loom heavily when life has been turned upside down, the tactical decision-making process is on two parallel tracks. One track was one foot in front of the other, or like they say in AA, one day at a time. And track two was keeping your eye on the goal, looking ahead at the next destination. It truly is a both situation. And if you have a loved one in the hospital ICU, it's strategically imperative that you do both. And you know what the good news is? Some of the best assistance for any of us in track one and track two is right there all along. Divine presence, which I believe is the best support when putting one foot in front of the other and when looking ahead at what is possible. But you know what else is of great assistance, especially when you're in the hospital? There are those people at your own back door, or in ICU terms, at your own bedside, or the bedside of your loved one. I want to start with the importance of having a plan. A plan is the path for how to get to the destination. We talked about overwhelm and trauma healing learning 12, mounting pressure. Overwhelm is that feeling that floods us when the experience of both confusion and hypervigilance are high and the stakes are equally high and our brains begin to separate all incoming data very quickly into safe or not safe, connected or unconnected, black or white, in or out, eat or don't eat, survive or die, life or death, get my health back or be weak. What can help the mind to settle down and thus the body to relax is having a realistic strategy or a plan. And this can include engaging the imagination. 
Yes, envisioning what is possible and also what a plan might look like releases the hormone dopamine, the happiness hormone. This ability to look ahead with our imaginations is also referred to as coping ahead in dialectical behavioral therapy. Coping ahead is when you picture all the outcomes in a future situation or difficulty and imagine yourself coping well with them. It's like asking, what do I need to do here to be successful and cope well? And then imagining it, even if it is but one small step. That plan is a surefire way to engage and begin to tame overwhelm. It is literally a surefire way because it excites the neurons in your brain which send out and create new pathways and new ways to solve problems. And whether you knew that from neuroscience or not, you did know this already. Just like when you were in grade school, learning to read or spell, and your mom taught you to chunk out the syllables of big words. Remember that? Breaking them down into parts so you could digest them and learn them. It is no different in a crisis, and it's no different when you are an adult. Think about a time when you were in high school and freaking out about how you were going to study for five exams in three days, and your mom or dad sat down with you and helped you sequence your time for how you would study a plan. You get the idea. Small, concrete, bite-sized steps. And if you imagined yourself being successful on those exams, then you would have had the added benefit of coping ahead. I just love that. Well, the same goes for adults when any of us is in crisis. Bite-sized chunks. Sequencing in the proper order, making lists not too long and prioritizing them or writing out an itinerary for where you are going, basically breaking into smaller pieces what it is you have to do and in the right order in which to do them and with a reasonable amount of time needed to do them is all part of having a plan. These kinds of skills, which you have used all your life to help manage pressure you might have felt at different times in your life, are excellent skills to call upon when in crisis. And when the mind can study the plan over and over a few times, it begins to feel familiar, not so scary. And this calms the body and slows down the hypervigilant traumatic brain so it doesn't race as fast 
small steps count. Plans help in crisis and trauma. This brings me back to family meetings in hospitals. Family meetings in hospitals can be important small steps for managing overwhelm and pressure because they can help with creating a plan. And if you recall what we talked about last week, that dopamine hormone, which is one of the picker-me-upper pleasure hormones, it can be released into the body when we create plans around something important to us. You might want to revisit that at Trauma Healing Learning 12, Mounting Pressure. Yes, family meetings in hospitals are not only a good way to create a plan, it will feel good each time you have one and will likely reduce the pressure you might be experiencing on behalf of your loved one. Family meetings in hospitals can also stimulate the release of the hormone oxytocin, which in times of stress for both families and the medical team can help to calm both. And as we have learned, the medical team is human too, and helping to calm them in trauma and crisis care is also beneficial. Here's how all that works and why. Well, first of all, if you are in the hospital or have a loved one in the ICU, I hope you consider having someone by your side or their side at all times. You need someone vigilant at all times in a hospital setting. You do. It might be stressful arranging for this or carrying it out with the busy lives we live. But doing so eliminates or at least drastically lessens medical errors. Medical errors are very real in hospitals. We can talk more about that in another trauma healing learning. But back to family meetings. That choice to be by your loved one's bedside will give you more clout in the eyes of the hospital when you go and ask for a family meeting. Many hospitals and ICUs have not heard of family meetings or do not rely upon them. That's okay. You can be the first to ask. Since you have been at the side of your loved one, staff will know that not only do you care, but you have authority to make decisions. Ask, go ahead, and be pushy if needed. It's your loved one you are asking on behalf of. Who else is going to ask? No one. Ask, and ask firmly, and propose a time frame, like later that day, or that night, or the next day. And if you can muster it, ask with a genuine smile. Remember the power of a smile. The family meeting is the way to come up with a plan when you are in an intensive care unit. 
Let's talk about that family meeting now that you have one. Start that family meeting by thanking everyone for being there and then state your goal, such as we need to understand the plan to get, as I said, Archer Semt out of the intensive care unit soon so he can move on to rehab. Include your dream. For me, I said, Archer Sempt is going to live and have a good life. He has loved and will live a good life. And then circle back and restate the immediate goal. So we have to work together on a plan that gets him out of this hospital where he can thrive and not just survive. As you're discussing your plan at the family meeting with others, don't forget to pause a lot during the meeting so you can listen to others and really hear what is being said. Take lots of deep breaths so you can take in what is being said. I had to remind myself regularly to pause as I believe I may have missed things. The trauma experience does this, remember. And indeed, anytime we are in stress, the likelihood of not hearing accurately is pretty high. That is why the reflection skill that we talked about together in Trauma Healing Learning 10 little breakthroughs can be so helpful for you and for everyone else in the meeting too. So when you remember to pause and reflect, it also helps calm you down when you might start to wind up or get angry. The pause. We might as well write that word in gold lettering and frame it as a reminder. Pause. I am sure you have been saved by the pause too, right? Well, face-to-face connection and the ability to communicate and listen all together in real time can make a family meeting more effective than other options, including the reliance on reading of the medical records. Doctors and medical staff might only glance at the most recent record because they feel time pressured too. But this is also where medical errors can occur. But going back in the history of a patient to read all the medical records thoroughly is very laborious. And if every specialty were to do this, well, they might not make it to all their patients. So having a family meeting is actually so much more efficient than reading back numerous medical records by numerous specialty doctors because it brings together the specialty doctors who know their part of the patient's story, of the patient's body, and they know it well, but they just know that one part. What they don't have is information about all the other parts, including the patient, and that's where you come in. 
and as doctors are more and more specialized, even with digitalized and centralized patient record access like EPIC, the likelihood is high that unforeseen outcomes and secondary issues can arise that could have been averted in a family meeting or at least thought through and anticipated. And from the standpoint of emotional satisfaction, (laughs) a family meeting can be as beneficial for the doctors or surgeons as it is for you and your family member. So as we close, I hope you ask for a family meeting when and if your loved one is in crisis or in an ICU or a situation is complicated or any medical situation in a hospital where you want to be involved and you don't understand what is going on and you want to create a plan. Remember to state that goal. You want a plan. And don't forget to always believe that something good will happen. That belief unto itself will help keep you grounded and bring calm to you and to the medical team too, as together you come up with a plan. And while you might not remember it then, you can rest assured now that a collaboratively arrived at decision releases oxytocin and dopamine for all those involved. And do you know this because you've experienced in your life when you feel calmer and more content once you've hashed out a plan? Yep, dialogue and family meetings are good for reducing pressure. And any way we can reduce pressure in ways that do not numb us out or keep us in high alert moves us further along in our trauma healing journeys. Because a plan helps to re-regulate our nervous systems that have been shocked by trauma. And any way we can reduce pressure in a way that relies on human capacity such as dialogue, brings us closer to emotional connection with others. It's very uplifting to know we can live into our capacity for healing ourselves by having a good plan rather than succumbing to staying numb, which only creates a greater obstacle to contend with later. Family meetings. There's a powerful motivator to have them. I hope you initiate one if you find yourself or a loved one in a complicated medical situation or in the hospital for any length of time. Life can change in the blink of an eye. Life is so precious. Sending love, hope for everything. Obtain everything. Thank you for tuning in to the Trauma Healing Learnings. You may tune in to the companion Blink of an Eye story 
at episode 13, Establishing Ties. Thank you for listening and thank you for telling your friends. Together, we are raising the vibration for healing. You've been listening to Blink of an Eye. We ask that you share this with anyone who may need inspiration, a lift, or who may relate. Never miss an episode. Listen on our website, blinkofaneyepodcast.com, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is sponsored by Baltimore Mediation. For 28 years, Baltimore Mediation has served clients worldwide by facilitating negotiation breakthroughs, believing in their capacity for meaningful face-to-face dialogue. You can learn more at baltimoremediation.com.